Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How Do You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So today we are so lucky to be joined by Archita Dogra, who is a student at Princeton and founder at Innoverge. Hi, Archita. Lovely to, lovely to have you on the show. Just one thing um, oh, for my name. No, no worries. It's Archika. Oh, Archika. I'm so yeah. sorry. No, you're, you're totally good. I just wanted I'll to start again. Let's start again. Okay. <laughs> Archika. Okay, got it. So, hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Bay Street Capital Holdings podcast titled How'd You Do It and Why Should I Care? This series aims to highlight women doing amazing work in various industries. So, today we have Archika Dogra, who is a student at Princeton and founder at Innoverge. Hi, Archika. Lovely to have you on the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So let's start off with an introduction about you and perhaps the main answer to the question of the podcast, which is how do you do it and why should I care? Yeah, of course. So as you mentioned, my name is Archika. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, specifically the greater Seattle area. And I'm currently a rising sophomore at Princeton University studying computer science, heavily interested in the intersection of technology and social impact. I'm currently interning for a social impact tech startup in Paris right now that works on water accessibility in developing countries. But most notably, I'm the founder and executive director of Interverge, which is an international youth-run nonprofit dedicated to bringing interdisciplinary STEM X education to students from minority backgrounds across the world. So to date, we've worked with over 6,200 minority students from over 14 countries and 54 regions. And we've held over 250 free events, workshops, and camps focused on the intersection of science, technology, engineering, math, and storytelling, ethics, empathy, and the humanities. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Awesome. So I guess my next question begs me to ask, what inspired you to join you know, the STEM uh, field and pursue that passion? Yeah, so funny enough, I actually was not really aligned towards STEM when I was younger. I'd say when I was in middle school, I wanted nothing to do with science or math. I thought it was hard. I thought it was unbearable. And I just did not see a point to it. Um, But that actually changed the summer after my freshman year, where I attended an artificial intelligence research program at Stanford University, conducted by Professor Fei-Fei Li, who is a very renowned professor in artificial intelligence and computer science. And it was actually an all-girls research program, bringing together 32 girls from around the world, and also heavily focused on social impact and technology and using AI for social good. So oh, that's that in itself and that narrative was yeah. super compelling for me. And it made me realize that, A, there is a place for me. Um, a lot of the previous classrooms I'd sat in were all guys who mm. are very homogeneous in terms of how those classroom um, demographics looked. But then also, B, it really gave me a purpose to what I was doing. And I realized that computer science has so many facets to impact so many different social issues that you're passionate about. So that was a very big factor and turning point that got me interested in the field. That's amazing and really good to hear that you're a fellow woman in STEM. And um, to uh, continue our conversation about STEM, what, um, aside from being a student studying computer science, were the best resources that helped you along in your journey and also helped you with founding your own company? Yeah, I know that's a really great question. And I think in terms of resources from like a technical standpoint and my journey in computer science itself, uh, there's a lot of really amazing summer internship programs that propelled me to be even more confident in my ability. I was still at the start very wavering about, is this the right place for me? Am I good enough for this? But a lot of the programs that I did throughout high school and then also in college 
build that confidence for me. So whether it was researching at a local university or NASA holds an internship program for high school students that I was lucky to participate in or working for a startup my senior year of high school, I got to build a lot of really cool skills and also engage with a lot of amazing mentors working in all these different fields um, and all of these different intersections of technology and different problems. So that was one, I guess, avenue of resources. And then in the nonprofit sector, especially for young people, funding is super difficult to get. So a resource that really helped Interverge out and made it sustainable and also helped us build our microgrant program where we provide grant funding to chapters across the world to hold similar events in their regions was a lot of corporations and organizations that provided us grants um, and funding for our nonprofit. So some of them included companies like Disney, the Hershey Company, uh, Vital Voices, and AI for All, which is the alumni program of the Stanford Summer Research Program that I went to earlier. So coming from a lot of different places, but also mm. super grateful because it's not very easy to secure funding if you're under 18, especially working in the nonprofit sector. Definitely. That's really amazing. And following on from that, what would you say was a lesson that you wish you would have known before becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I think that's also kind of a million dollar question, because one thing that I found really important um, years down the line from starting the nonprofit, which I didn't even know would get this big, was surrounding yourself with the right team. Um, it started off very scrappy. You know, I didn't really know where I was going with it. I didn't know it would turn into as big of an organization as it did. And I basically experienced two different atmospheres with it, one with a team that wasn't right, and then one with a team that was right. And the difference between those are basically infinite and really, really fulfilling. So this past year, I've got to work with a really amazing team of other students from around the country and just seeing people very passionate, very dedicated and willing to take initiative in their own ways and collectively uh, working on the same mission is very powerful and we were able to get a lot of really cool things done this year. So I'd say that's something that I definitely wish I knew sooner, but at the end of the day, it worked out really well. That's really great. Massive congratulations for all the progress that it's made. Um, so following on from that, what advice would you give to somebody who was wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? I know you're very early on in your career, but as an entrepreneur, what would be one piece of advice? Yeah. Oh, that's a really good question too. Um, I'd say... For a piece of advice, especially if you're going to start your own project, it'd be to embrace the growing pains of being an entrepreneur. Um, what you start is not always going to be what you end up as in terms of what you envision at the beginning. So when you're working on an organization or a company or whatever the initiative is, be really willing to be flexible, be willing to um, kind of do a few trial runs or test runs with different programs, people, projects, um, and just going with that mindset that, you know, this is a work in progress and it's not necessarily a linear path, but you're going to have roadblocks along the way, but those roadblocks will also fuel future successes can be very, very helpful and persistent during those sorts of journeys, I'd say. Amazing. And speaking about roadblocks, actually, what would you say so far has been the biggest failure in your career and what did you learn from it? Oh, that is a tough one. I'd say biggest failure. I think there's a lot of things that I, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint it to one thing specifically, but there's a lot of things I didn't try for or I didn't really entertain as like an idea for me because I didn't have enough confidence to. Mm. And I just think about that. And if I had done that for so many other things in my life, I wouldn't be in the same place at all that I'm currently sitting at. So sometimes I think about if I just gone for it or if I just put myself out there, um, what would have happened? And it's more of a what if scenario. And I don't think it's, you know, the end of the world. But I think if I would call anything a failure, it would be, you know, not really understanding 
you know, maybe not just even your own potential, but the idea that you can grow and you can learn and you don't have to be this like super, this person with like in, an insane amount of expertise or something to be worthy of certain things. So I think if I could say one thing, that would probably be the one that stands out to me. Mm. No, thank you for that. And I feel like a lot of women in STEM uh, have this feeling of imposter syndrome and, you know, not having enough confidence. So definitely speaking out to that, we need to increase the confidence. Yeah, no, I think there was a study that I read a few years ago and it was like women and men in this computer science classroom. And when you surveyed them and basically they were getting the same grades. So you were serving women and men who were like scoring similarly in this classroom about their confidence in computer science. Men still really like overshot their confidence and women undershot it. So mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, your competency is not really an indicator of how confident you are. There's a lot of other environmental factors, I think was super interesting for me to learn early on. And even knowing that I still struggle with that today. And I think a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's quite, quite an interesting phenomenon. <laughs> Definitely. And I feel like entrepreneurship is a very hot and coming area. You know, a lot of people are talking about it at the moment. But Mm. since you're in the industry, what is one common myth about entrepreneurship that you would like to debunk? Yeah, I think especially in social entrepreneurship, which is focused more on like community issues and solving problems and not necessarily a for profit way all the time. Um, I think the biggest issue is that people a lot of the times think that you have to reinvent the wheel, like start Mm. something completely new or pave your own path um, or look at an issue from the outside and kind of uh, submerge yourself into it. But I think there's two things that dispel this myth. First is that there's a lot of really cool organizations and projects that you can collaborate with and work with that will amplify whatever whatever solutions that you're thinking of to even a greater extent. And then the second thing is that really understanding the problem from the inside. So when you're solving something, working with the people who are directly affected by it, giving them um, power to solve those problems themselves, supporting them as opposed to going into maybe a scene that you're not very familiar with and trying to fix something that you don't even know how it's broken or what the effect of it is on the people living those like their life through mm-hmm. that scope and through those problems. So I think those are two things that um, I've been told to watch out for, especially in the nonprofit sector. And then I've also seen play out in certain um, spheres uh, throughout this journey. Awesome. And you're such a great person, such a cool person. And aside from being a student and a founder, I'm really curious to find out more about you. So what have you read or listened to recently that's really inspired you? Okay, let me think. Um, read or listened to? Uh, oh, so my friend, actually, she just published a book of uh, conversations or interviews with a hundred women in STEM and business and a lot of different fields and basically curating their advice and putting it in a coffee table style book. And I haven't read all of it yet, but before she published it, she sent me a few drafts and a few photos and a few like tidbits from this book. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually really interesting to be able to learn from all these women who have, you know, been executives at Uber or Godiva Chocolates or all these really incredible companies uh, in a very digestible format. So Mm -hmm. I think the whole idea that that book itself was inspiring, but the fact that my friend who was just 17 at the time was compiling this and speaking to all these women and so dedicated to this effort was equally inspiring. Definitely. And thinking over your life, who have been three people that have been the most influential to you? Three people. Okay. Let's see. I think The first person that comes to the top of my head is my high school history teacher. Mm. So he's a really just kind-hearted, compassionate guy. And I think, especially as a teacher, you play a really big role in students' lives. So it was really nice to see that. And he had a a lot of influence on me and the decisions I made throughout high school and even now. Um, The second one would be probably a volunteer coordinator that I worked 
with through Interverge at the very beginning, back in 2017, at this community center called Jubilee Reach. And he's also embodies a lot of kindness, a lot of enthusiasm for helping the kids that he works with. Um, and I think that also stood out to me a lot because the work that he's doing is very much building community and making sure that everyone feels included and supported, especially kids at a young age when they're very much in that developmental stage. Mm. And then for the third person, uh, this is probably pretty basic, but I would have to go with my mom because Aww. I think she embodies a lot of balance. Um, she, you know, works full time. She took care of us a lot growing up. I see her come back from work, you know, pre-COVID obviously, and then start cooking or start doing things in the house. And I'm like, when do you have a break? Like when do you have time to take care of yourself? So she's very selfless. She's very balanced. And I think um, she's very successful in a lot of different areas of life, whether it's in the house or outside. Wonderful. And then finally, to wrap up our conversation, what is one piece of advice that you wish you gave yourself at any point in your life? One piece of advice. I think if I were to give myself a piece of advice, it would be that you should explore everything while you have the time to. Um, you're not necessarily going to know what you love straight off the bat. If you do, that's awesome. But there's so many things in the world that I think I've yet to even learn about or touch that I really want to. And I always feel like I'm running out of time. You know, do I have time to do this with classes or um, working on the nonprofit or work and things like that? So I think especially earlier on, I think it would have been uh, beneficial for me to like branch out more and try a lot of crazy new things that I wouldn't have th thought of because I think learning new things is something that's very underrated and you feel like you have to be in a structured environment to do so but in this day and age with so much technology and so many resources out there you can learn a lot of things on your own um, if you take the initiative to and you're you're confident about it and you're willing to jump right into it so that would definitely be a piece of advice that has stood out to me over the past few years. Amazing and what a wonderful note to end on so thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely lovely. Of course. All right then, bye-bye.